0: Hello, FCS Nation. It's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall, and I'm back this week. Thanks for Stone and Big Game James McCarthy for filling in last week. Really appreciated that. It was a great trip to Charleston, but I'm glad to be back here in Missoula, Montana. I'd like to welcome in Stone LeBannon, which is the co-host of this program. Stone's coming to you from Florida. A lot of good games last week. I myself did not witness one in Charleston, but we've got an awful lot of games to get to. Short time to get there. Let's just get to it. Up first, number one, South Dakota State 49, Indiana State 7. Man, oh man, this team's in rhythm. They're informed, they're dangerous. Gronowski doing what
1: he's doing. Bassin, that's being efficient. 22-28, to three touchdowns, 233 yards through the air. Didn't really get that run game going, but that was because Indiana State focused in on that running game, and it's good. That South Dakota State's showing us that they can win games in other ways. It's really, really good, like I said, heading into the playoffs.
0: Complete domination by the number one team in the land And this one. The Jackrabbit scored touchdowns on its first seven offensive possessions to clear cut the trees. Stone, it's a big deal. It looked like Indiana State, like you mentioned, said, all right, Granowski, you've got to beat us.
1: For sure. And they did just that. And I think that's a question that a lot of us have had, right? You got Isaiah Davis, you got guys who can run the ball, Grnowski has not shown us the ability to drop back pass. Like you said, they scored on seven straight possessions. He was so efficient, 22 at 28. So he proved a lot of the doubts that I think some of the people have. And and I, I hesitate to say a lot because there's not a lot of doubts for the number one team in the land. But it was really good to see Grnowski do that with his arm.
0: Number two, Sacramento State, 31. Number 14, Idaho, 28. This was a whale of a game.
1: Whale of a game. Officially bonafide contenders. That is the Hornets that I'm talking about. X-Squad, they're playing some of the best ball they've played all season long. So Idaho was a tough test. Now to skate by was a big deal for Sacramento State. And the score didn't really dictate how this this game played out. Sacramento State ended it. I think they ended up scoring late in the game to go up two possessions. Idaho then scored to kind of make it a three-point game, but Sacramento State led the way, dominated this one. I'm really scared of these guys. If I'm anybody that gets lined up across them come playoff time.
0: Kind of triple option-like numbers on the ground for Sac State with 292 rushing yards and only like 94 passing yards. Great effort. They can line up and run the ball against anybody in the country, Stone.
1: That is darn true. Two guys over 100 yards, right? You had Scatterbow, you had O'Hara. 134 yards for Scatterbow, 130 for O'Hara. O'Hara. is the one who found the end zone. These guys can do it in a lot of different ways. Undefeated still, like I said, bona fide
0: contenders. Number four, NDSU 24, Illinois State 7. Look, I've been a Brock Spack fan for a long time. I thought all they needed was a good passing game. They were able to throw the ball a little bit, scored first, but it was all downhill from there for the Redbirds.
1: All downhill from there, but hey, Cam Miller,
0: I am clapping for you.
1: Big deal. 30 attempts. That's really, really cool for me to see. And I think it's why North Dakota State has done what they've done over the past, I don't know what, nine or 11 years. Nine out of their past 11, they've won national championships. But they're getting Cam going. They're realizing when it comes playoff time, these teams are going to stack the box, right? Try to stop Lepke. And if Cam's able to throw the ball 30 times and be as efficient as he was, I know he didn't even eclipse 200 yards. But he's checking the ball down he's getting the ball to his playmakers in space within five yards and letting him do the rest so that was really cool for me to see honestly because you know i voiced it i have doubts about cam miller but 30 attempts was was good from the coaching staff to try to get him going
0: number five Weber state 24 number 11 montana 21 man october was a real horror show for the montana grizzlies
1: you're darn right about that that's three losses in a row Weber state is no slouch we're talking about the number five team in the country This team can play some darn good defense. Montana's got some quarterback troubles right now. Again, like I had said with that Sacramento State game, the score did not really dictate how this one played out. Barron had a TD pass with five minutes left to go. That put them up 11. So at that point, it was garbage time for Montana. Weber State's dangerous, too. Put them right in that bona fide contender category.
0: The Wildcow defense was outstanding, Stone. They held Montana just 114 total yards, with only 42 of those coming on the ground. Weaver State racked up 345 total yards with 192 big ones on the ground. A 100-yard kickoff return by Malik Flowers and the two-point conversion after that kept this one a nail-biter, but Weber State pushed Montana around on that fourth and one on the final drive to seal the victory. Great game by Dante McMillan for Weaver State. Had 100 yards rushing for the Wildcats. Number six, Holy Cross, 53. Number 22, Fordham, 52 in overtime. So, okay, Kev, I didn't get a chance to watch this game or follow it.
1: And then when I checked the box score and saw some of these statistics, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty blown away. We haven't seen Holy Cross put up this amount of points in God knows how long. And I, again, have been somebody who's doubted this squad. And I'm not alone in that, right? And you check social media. Nobody really believes in this Holy Cross team except for you, I think, Kev. And then they went and dropped 53 on a 22-ranked Fordham team. Statement game. Can't lie, I'm leaning towards Holy Cross here. I'm like, okay, you guys uh, you guys proved a lot to me. I didn't know they were able to score this many points.
0: Well, Sam Herder and I are going to go through his playoff bracketology, and we discuss Holy Cross in some depth coming up in the next segment. But if you like defense, man, this game was not the one for you. The teams combined for 1,106 total yards and 55 first downs. Game was decided in overtime when a wide receiver reversed to give the Crusaders the win. Great ball game if you like up-and-down, up-and-down track meet football. I'm not a huge fan, but if that's your thing, man, this was the one for you. Number 24, Furman, 24. Number 7, Chattanooga, 20. Typical SoCon game here. Okay, this one stings you're a part of this mock fan base. This one's tough, right? Three
1: losses on the season now, but they're rolling when it comes to what they've done in the past and how they look. They just walked into a Furman team that got up for this game this one stings, but Berman's impressive right now. 7-2 and two on the season. I liked what happened in this game. It was pretty typical of the SoCon, like you had mentioned. You saw some defense. You saw some offense here and there. It came in spurts, but I'm a little surprised by this result here. And I know Preston Hutchinson is the quarterback of Chattanooga who I had a chance to sit down with a few weeks ago. How militaristic he was and how dialed in he sounded. For them to go out and lose this game, I know it hurts a lot, but could work out in the in the long run for them, having being humbled, having lost a bunch of games this season.
0: The Furman defense made the plays when it mattered the most. The special teams blocked a field goal, and Chattanooga abandoned the run. When Chattanooga runs the football, they're tough to beat. They abandoned it, and they got beat. That is no coincidence. Number seven, Incarnate Word, 35, Texas A&M Commerce, seven. Commerce played pretty good football, Incarnate Word decided, hey, let's run it this week, and boy, howdy, did they. (laughs) For sure, Marcus
1: Cooper, 183 yards on the ground, three touchdowns, took all the TDs away from my man Lindsey Scott Jr. who continues to put on a clinic at one point at some point I apologize at some point Lindsey Scott Jr. is gonna feel creeped out if he goes back and listens to every single episode of FCS Nation because I've been on him all season long I almost have a man crush on this guy he's so damn good and he is a nightmare to try to stop
0: and Cardinal War doing what they do winning by a wide margin. I think Stone has a t-shirt that says, Stone Lebanowitz Lindsey, Lindsey Scott fanboy I mean he probably wears that with his uh, pajamas that have the yes. uh, that have the footies in them number nine Jackson State 35 Southern nothing College game day was treated to one hell of a show the atmosphere was special and so was a Jackson State football team
1: I mean these guys are just flat out bad ass Cav. the way Dion had that crown going with a who is swack I mean, this team's got so much swagger in themselves, and it's not only their head coach. This team plays for Dion; They play for each other. This team's going to go ahead and win the swag, go ahead and win the MIAC. I mean, I love, love, love this Jackson State team. They're just a joy to watch.
0: Number 13, Samford 38, the Citadel 3. I returned for a game at the General for the first time in a long time, and not even a very good Samford team could take that joy away from me. But I'll tell you something, Stone. Samford plays as fast on offense as anybody I have ever seen. They stand there and wait for the referee to touch the ball so they can go ahead and go and then go again and then go faster and then go faster. And it's not just a short passing game and the deep passes. They run the ball out of that too, don't allow you to substitute. They just wore my Bulldogs' slap out.
1: Yeah, I don't think Citadel was ready for the change of pace. They're usually the ones dictating the clock and kind of managing possessions. And then they got sped up by Sanford, like you mentioned. I'm going to tell you what, though, Kev. Pretty embarrassing. I got on with Big James McCarty last week. Said this was my upset special of the week. Never listen to me,
0: Stone, when it comes to the Citadel. (laughs) Never listen to me. I'm a homer. But sometimes just enough, they do enough to where I don't look dumb and I don't need anybody's help to do that. On that note, it's time for us to take a quick time out. We'll be right back. I'll sit down with Sam Herter. And later on, we'll preview the biggest games taking place. We'll have Stone Cold QBs. And then we'll pick the games taking place this week. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Now, very pleased to be joined by Mr. Sam Herter, the FCS guy from Hero Sports. Thanks for being here, Sam. Really appreciate it, brother.
2: Hey, I appreciate you having me.
0: So your latest edition of your Bracketology has come out, and it's getting a little easier, or is it getting harder, Sam? Week two, week three, it's kind of throw at a a dartboard, right? Do you find it gets easier as the season goes along, or tougher?
2: Yeah, the first few are are kind of easy just because you're you're projecting, and, you know, obviously Bracketology in October is more so for the fun of it, just to say, hey, you know, this team could potentially be a seed, and I think everyone realizes that it's way too early. But it's still fun to, you know, put together a bracket. But now... Yeah, I think it gets tougher because what I'm doing is projecting. I'm not saying if the season ends today, this is how it would look. I'm projecting future games as well. So it gets really tough, especially when, you know, some of the top SOCON teams are still playing. Uh, some of the top CAA teams still have to play each other. And so you're kind of projecting wins and losses there. So it gets tougher, but I also feel like once Selection Sunday comes around, it, it gets pretty easy. You know, once all the games are done, I remember last year at the end of the regular season, it was actually pretty easy to get all 24 teams into the, into the bracket correctly. And so uh, we'll see if the bubble's that packed this year or if, it, or if it's easy like, like last year.
0: Well, your top eight seeds, I don't disagree on the teams at all. you got got at one, South Dakota State, Montana State, NDSU, Holy Cross, Weber State, Samford, and Incarnate Word. I think that's probably a pretty good pick, Sam. I know you don't need me to validate your opinion, but uh, – Pretty good picks there. I think those will probably be the teams. Maybe they'll jumble up a little bit if the SOCON SOCONS itself and the CAA does the same and the Big Sky does the same. But there's a lot of love out there for Holy Cross. And I'm I'm just trying to figure out how a team that is in the 11th best conference whose best win is over Buffalo, who just got destroyed by Ohio, is worthy of a top-five seed.
2: Yeah, you know, that uh, the FBS win was looking good. I I still think it it does look pretty good. You know, before – uh, before the, the loss for Buffalo. They were, I think, like 4-0 and in the MAC, 5-3 and uh, overall. And so I think that FBS win is, is probably better than Willem & Mary, for example, uh, beating Charlotte. Uh, I think not all FBS wins are created equal. I think some are more impressive than, than the others. And I think that Holy Cross win over Buffalo was pretty impressive. Uh, but, yeah, I think there is an argument to be made of why even if Holy Cross finishes 11-0, and which they should after beating ranked Fordham, you know, why should they be a, a top eight seed, especially when you look at their current massive strength of schedule, which is 68? Uh, I, I get that argument, but at the same time, I think from my perspective, I think it is okay to look at last year a little bit, just especially for a team with Holy Cross to get your best gauge. Of them when they haven't played that many great opponents and i think this is basically the same look holy cross team as last year that nearly beat villanova uh, in the playoffs the the caa co-champ uh, and villanova last year beat james madison and so they are right there toe-to-toe with a really good villanova team now obviously every year is different teams change and you know sometimes uh, teams aren't as good as they are the previous year but i do think holy cross is one year better uh, than last year's team and i get the argument of you can't rely on last year uh, but I do think that is an okay basis to say, okay, how good is this team really? Well, it's the same guys as last year that nearly beat Villanova. Um, and if they're 11 and 0, uh, I think they are deserving of a seed. Number five might be a little high, but at the same time, if you know if Sanford trips up, if if Weber State loses, uh, you know maybe Sac State loses uh, to Weber State. Sometimes some t- those teams can drop, it while Holy Cross just keeps on winning and kind of starts floating up on on some rankings and some some seeds.
0: FCS Nation, we're joined by Mr. Sam Herder from Hero Sports FCS. Sam, we don't hate one another, do we? We actually get along quite well in person, don't we?
2: Absolutely, yeah. We always have a good time in Frisco, and so uh, a little Twitter back and forth every now and then doesn't hurt, but uh, yeah, it's, it's mostly for, for the fun of it, is, as much as people might not realize that.
0: Well, you know, uh, I don't mind being the heel. Everybody knows that. But let's talk about what we know so far. When you went back and looked at your preseason poll and did a good article about that, I really hope nobody does that about mine because it would be kind of embarrassing. But what have we learned since that preseason poll?
2: A lot, you know. honestly. I mean, Missouri State has completely plummeted. Uh, I was really high on them. Uh, You know, ETSU, uh, I think there was varying varying opinions about ETSU. I was pretty high on the Bucs because I thought, yeah, they lost a lot, but they still returned a lot of players uh, from last year's quarterfinal appearance. Uh, They've been not terrible, but a little underwhelming, uh, you know, and that might go to show how strong the Silicon is with those top four teams in the SOCON. Uh, you know, Kennesaw State has disappointed, even if Austin has been okay, but they haven't lived up to the expectations. And so I think overall, uh, you know, the, the, the Valley isn't as strong as we thought. Uh, I think the Big Sky, uh, has, has proven to be uh, as strong as maybe we predicted. I think the silicon is better than maybe what some predicted. I think the CAA is also better than some predicted. While it might not have a power team, I think the CAA is showing off its depth. Um, and so, yeah, it is interesting to go back and look at your top 25 and, uh, you know, a team like Missouri State I felt very confident about, and now all of a sudden you go back and look and go, man, what was I thinking about the Bears? They've been awful this year.
0: Well, I mean, they've got players, and, and I guess I just don't understand how you implode like that. But we got about a minute left. And who is your biggest pretender for Frisco and who is your biggest contender for Frisco if you take NDSU and, and SDSU out?
2: Ooh, yeah, I, I do think that the Dakota State schools have a good chance to meet in Frisco. But if we take those two out, uh, you know, pretender, uh, UIW might get a pretty good seat. I have them at eight right now, but they could float anywhere up to five or six possibly. Uh, I think they're good. I, I just don't know how good they will be when they go up against a Midwest you know, power run team. Uh, I'm not too confident in UIW making a run past uh, the quarterfinals, matchups pending, of course. Uh, so I think they might be a pretender a contender. Sac State still has to prove it, of course. 0-2 in the playoffs as the number one seed. I I do believe they are built to uh, to make a run this year. I think they have a power rushing attack to get it done. I mean, if they get home field advantage, uh, I know they had a home field advantage before and lost a couple of games right away in the playoffs. But I do think this year's team is, is a lot more mature, a lot more physically built to make a pretty decent run.
0: FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Sam Herter from Hero Sports FCS. Thanks so much, Sam. Really appreciate the time. And look... Uh, I see you a couple times a year. It's always a pleasure. And uh, first round of uh, SoCon Kamikazes is on me and Frisco, bro.
2: (laughs) Well, uh, I don't know if I love those shots, but I don't hate them. And so (laughs) that sounds good to me.
3: Are you ready for new windows? Renewal by Anderson's windows are the best you can get. And their awesome Black Friday event is backed by popular demand. This is an incredible offer, and you don't have to get up early or stand in line. You don't even have to wait until Black Friday. You can book your estimate right now. Listen to this. Renewal by Anderson is giving 20% off every window, and depending on how many windows you get, you'll receive a Visa gift card for up to $1,500. Imagine getting awesome new Renewal by Anderson windows and a lot of spending cash for Christmas. It's fantastic. The financing offer is so great. No money down. No interest or payments for 18 months. Think about that. You get your new windows now, and you don't even have to make a payment until 2024. Wow. It's a very limited time offer, though. It starts on Black Friday, November 25th. It runs through December 9th. Please do not wait to book your free estimate right now. Just go to rbamontana.com. That's rbamontana.com to set up your free estimate. Renewal by Anderson. Make a great investment this Black Friday. RW Stump Grinding, Central Virginia's premier stump removal company, strives to be professional, courteous, and fair. Founded in 2017 by Reggie West, RW Stump Grinding provides quality stump removals to protect your largest investments, your home and property. Attempting to remove stumps yourself can be dangerous and time-consuming. Trust the pros at RW Stump Grinding to get the job done right the first time. Call RW Stump Grinding at 804 804- or look them up on the web at rwstump.com. And remember, if a stump has you stressed, call Reggie West. Blaine McElmurray specializes in bringing your dream home to reality. Blaine and his team have been building beautiful, custom, single-family and multifamily homes since his return from the NFL in 2003. And Blaine hires only the best subcontractors to work on your home. Blaine has competed in the Parade of Homes only two times, but in those two times, he's won six of the eight awards. Give him a call. If you can dream it, he can build it. To see some of his work or for contact information, go to McElmurryHomes.net. That's M-C-E-L-M-U-R-R-Y Homes.net. Let McElmurray Homes exceed your expectations. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor. Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor.
0: Not satisfied with standard souvenir distribution. You created a device with enough kick to dislocate a mascot's shoulder. Someone get a stretcher. Courtside, luxury box, upper deck.
3: Your high-powered cotton cannon makes every section the nosebleed section. Hit the deck. So simple, anyone can operate it. After a
0: background check, a training course, and a five-day waiting period.
4: It
3: only shoots T-shirts.
0: So crack open an ice-cold Bud Light, marksman of the mezzanine, because we know you'll give us the shirt off your back at 180 feet per second.
3: Mr. T-shirt launcher, there. Bud Light
0: Beer, at Bush, St. Louis, Missouri. Thanks for hanging with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Stone Labanowicz rejoins the program now, and we'll preview the biggest games taking place this week all over FCS Nation. Up first, number one, South Dakota State is at Northern Iowa. All right, here we go, Kev. Here we go for the Jackrabbits. It's
1: time to shove the chips in the middle of the table and go all in. I said earlier in segment one, These guys are in form. They need to stay in form because we know what UNI is capable of doing. We've seen it the past two weeks, winning games. They had no business winning. Huge game with huge implications for Northern Iowa. I think South Dakota State runs away with this one, though.
0: The Panthers are doing it again, y'all. Left for dead by many, including me, weeks ago. You would think we'd know better than this. I've said it before. They ought to run out to the Undertaker theme song because their season is dead. People cover them up. And they do this year after year after year. This game is huge for seed implications for the Jackrabbits and playoff implications for Northern Iowa. If the Panthers can stick the ball in the end zone, they have a shot in this one. But South Dakota State has the second-best red zone defense in all of FCS. That's going to be a tough road to hoe. This should be a hell of a game. Number two, Sacramento State is at number five. Weber State in a huge showdown in the big sky and the top five. This is a
1: banger of a matchup here. You just talked about the big sky. I think they're going to flex their guns here and show everybody why they think they're the best conference in all the FCS right now. You know, we're talking about opposite styles. When you really boil it down, you're talking about a Weber state team who's really good defensively and puts up just enough points to find victories. And then you're talking about a Sac state team. Who's no stranger to touching 40 touching 50 points on the season. I'm really excited to see how this one plays out. I do think it's high scoring. I do fear, though, that Weber State can't keep up. I am leaning the Hornets here, and that's for that reason exactly.
0: Well, the big sky is eating itself, and many have criticized that league for having too many teams who don't all play one another. And nobody's been louder of that criticism than me. The last few weeks in that league have shut down most of that talk, including from me. I'll try to troll you every once in a while with a big sky thread, but this league is serious serious business the hornets ride an eight game road winning streak and a 16 game conference winning streak into this one teams are pretty evenly matched although that defense of Weber states like stone just mentioned is probably a better defense but special teams have been an issue to say the least for the wildcats lately this one may come down to that number three montana state is at northern arizona
1: Tommy Malott hasn't impressed me, Kev, you know, i voiced it. I talked about Sean Chambers and why I think he should be in the game, but hey, they're rocking with this guy, he only had 140 yards passing when they played their last game, only a touchdown and they got it done on the ground and he specifically got it done on the ground, 273 yards rushing. And then we went over all those stats last week, still, I just think there's a lot riding on the line. And for that, I'm going to lean Montana state here, I think as everybody will. NEU really shouldn't put up that big of a fight. I think this one's a freebie in a much-needed spot here as we inch towards the postseason.
0: Well, look, Montana State has gotten off to some slow starts if you think back to that Portland State game in particular. But once they get rolling, they don't mess around with teams who they're better than. The Lumberjacks, they don't have a whole lot, but that walk-up skydome is a tough place to play, and it is appropriately named. You do walk up to get there, no doubt. Place can be loud. But Malat, Chambers, and company probably have too much in this one for the Lumberjacks, I believe. Number four, North Dakota State, is at Western Illinois.
1: North Dakota State, God, I mean, not enough can be said about what I think. They're forcing Cam Miller to get into rhythm, and I don't disagree with the decision. you got to get this guy's arm going. I think we're going to see Western Illinois Say, hey, we're going to stack the box. Here comes eight. Here comes nine. We're going to engage you guys on that line of scrimmage and make Cam Miller beat us with his arm. I expect one of Cam Miller's biggest performances through the air this week. He's going to eclipse 200 yards. He's going to have two or three touchdowns through the air. I'm a Cam Miller fan this week, Kev. Sorry to say.
0: Well, we had a long flight home from Charleston back to Missoula, so I did some research, and, y'all, this is some scary stuff when I dive into the numbers a little bit. But Stone and I give Cam Miller a bit of a hard time for not throwing the ball all over the yard and down the field like we'd like to see him do. But he has done exactly what the Bison scheme has asked of him. He's fifth in FCS and first in the Missouri Valley Football Conference in passing efficiency with a 69.8% completion percentage. In the last four games, the Bison have had seven, eight, eight, and nine different receivers catch a pass. That passing game, along with the strong running game, will probably be too much for the Leathernecks. Western Illinois hasn't quit, though, and I expect them to put up a fight at home at least for a while. Houston Christian is at Incarnate Word.
1: Incarnate Word is going to do what they
0: do. I feel
1: like I can copy and paste what I say about these guys when we're previewing these games. But, and if you're Incarnate Word, you just hope somebody below you slips up because you're sitting at that seventh spot. You're sitting pretty. You know you're going to find yourself in the postseason. But you just play a sound game and hope that somebody slips up and you can creep into the top five. A little hint here. I love their social media team for Incarnate Word. They're steady posting. They're really active. And I just love these guys' vibe right now. I think they're going to coast past Houston Christian as they should. Everybody expects that. But like I said, the key here is that somebody below them loses and they get to creep down because I want to see these guys in our top five.
0: Well, the Texas Holy War, and I just made that up. I think that's what this game (laughs) should be called, right? It should be a laugher for Incarnate Word. Expect Lindsay Scott Jr. to have a day and Incarnate Word to pile up the yards and the points. The Word is better in all three phases, and they should dominate Houston Christian. But you look back last week, and we see that if the passing game isn't there, if a team really loads the box up, they can hand the ball off, Incarnate Word can, and be effective. That was a key for me to see how good and how well they can do in the playoffs. The ability to run the ball and play defense can take you a long way this time of the year. Number eight, William & Mary is at Hampton. Darius Wilson, he is collabing
1: with me in the Stone Cold Quarterback segment. He sat down with me. He had a lot of good stuff to say. I love this guy's style. He seems like he walks and talk with a certain swagger. Enjoyed my sit down with him. But hey, they got to get this one done. And I think they do. Hampton really doesn't have any weapons to do any damage. William & Mary, we've seen what they've been able to do on the defensive side. And I don't see Hampton scoring over 10 points here. I think the Tribe punished these guys in a really, really good spot for them. I love Darius Wilson, and I love this Tribe team. love that they cracked the top 10 right where they belong. This team flies around the field. I think they cruise in this one.
0: Look, the Tribe are rolling, there's no doubt. And one of the things about Wilson, their quarterback who you spoke to, they don't ask him to go out there and win the game very often. Huge win over New Hampshire last week. And they got it done on the ground like they mostly have done all season, on the ground. They had four ball carries with over 50 yards rushing in that game. Expect to see more of the same here. Hampton, they put up some points occasionally this year, but I think the tribe will eat the clock, salt away this one, I believe. Play clean, and the tribe should win by a couple of touchdowns. Number nine, Jackson State is at Texas Southern.
1: I think what interests me most about this game is the mindset of the guys in the locker room, right? Because all week long, even including me here at ESPN West Palm Beach, we're talking Dion, right? Where's he going? What are his odds to land at Auburn? Is it going to be Georgia Tech? And obviously we're in 2022, right? Social media, every single guy, every single player has it. They're on it. I know they're seeing all the chatter, but here's the most important thing. Deion Sanders is a preacher. He's so good with his words. He knows how to put it on his boys, how to get them in the right mindset. So I think these guys come out to play. I think, and I expect these guys to score a season high. I think that Deion wants his boys to send a message, make a statement to everybody that he's here right now. Jackson State is what they're focused on. He's not thinking about where he's going next. So I expect them to absolutely lay it on Texas Southern this weekend.
0: Well, Texas Southern also shut out Southern by almost the same score, 24 to nothing. So, you know, they can play a little defense. But Coach Prime and company take their show on the road to Houston and to Texas Southern this week for a battle of the Tigers. Texas Southern's gotten better each week, and they're not a bad football team. Defense has been pretty solid against FCS opponents. They'll need to play its best game of the entire season to keep this one close. Jackson State, relying on the running game a little bit more these days. If they can open that up, that's only going to help quarterback Shadur Sanders. I expect him to have a day and Jackson State to probably get out of Houston with a W. The Virginia Military Institute is at number 10, Samford. Hey, Samford is going to show Virginia Military how running the spread offense is
1: done, how running tempo plays, getting into quick game, getting into second and third and shorts. They're going to put on a clinic here. I think it's a really good spot for them to just keep gaining some confidence, right? A really big margin of victory over Citadel, 35 points. I think they do something similar here. I'm excited to see it, though, because I watched that Citadel game. I watched the pace and the tempo that you were talking about, and they looked in rhythm. They looked comfortable. I expect them to kind of put up a similar scoreline here in this one.
0: And one of the things I was very impressed with Samford was the way their wide receivers block when they don't have the ball. And I expected to see that from a triple option team. I think the receivers in the T.O. game block better than anybody else's. Sanford's are darn close. That's why they're able to open up those gains. It should be two, three, four, five yards into 60, 70-yard gains. But Sanford is for real. I've been saying that for weeks. People are starting to notice with them getting in the top ten. They should have no problem against the key debts at home. Number 11, Chattanooga, is at the Citadel. Boy, it just gets tougher for the, for my Bulldogs, for sure.
1: <laughs> that it does, Kev. Mock speed for these guys. What a get-right spot. Coming off a loss to Furman, there's nobody else you'd rather play And Mr. Kevin Marshall. Citadel Bulldogs, they're going to cruise in this one. I think they play really good defense. We're going to see similar turnovers from Citadel. They just seem like they're reeling. I love this game as a get-right spot for Chattanooga get right back in the mix in our
0: top ten. A very ticked-off Chattanooga Mocs football team will roll into Charleston on Saturday to face the Citadel. A bit of a revenge factor here, too, as the Bulldogs ruined any playoff chances for the Mocs last year with a win in Chatty on the last day of the season. Expect the Mocs to establish that ground game and not forget about it this time. I think a limb forward and the Mocs run all over my Bulldogs. It's been a long year for my boys. Number 17, New Hampshire, is at number 14, Richmond.
1: So both 6-2 and two here. I think this is one of the bigger matchups on the entire slate. I think they're both evenly matched. This line's a pick em. I don't even know if it's going to be presented. I wouldn't even put a single dollar on this game because it's truly a coin
0: flip. This is a huge game in the CAA. The winner is in prime position for a playoff spot, and the loser is in a precarious one. I expect some points to be scored, but it won't be a shootout. It's not going to be a 42-38 to 38 game, I don't think. Both defenses have made enough plays this season when it's really mattered. Richmond quarterback Shadinsky has a stable of receivers to throw it to, and it seems like it's a different guy each week that leads that group. New Hampshire has benefited from the schedule, but there ain't no hiding from anybody in Week 10. Richmond is at home, and that gives them a slight edge. Eastern Washington is at number 15, Idaho. Time and time again, I have put my faith
1: in this Eagles team that is from Eastern Washington. They always let me down, but I'm going to do it one more time. Here's my upset special of the week. I don't know why. I'm just going to do it. I'm going out on a limb here. Idaho coming off a really, really tough loss to Sacramento State. Felt like they should have won that game. Came into that game thinking they should have won that game. And this is kind of a spot where you just kind of get too ahead of yourself. A lot of these guys are going to be playing superhero ball, trying to figure it out, trying to do it all themselves. Eastern Washington, we've seen what they've been able to do through the air. Sacramento State had success. I think Eastern Washington has success. Maybe they don't win this game. I'm still calling it, but I think they go into the locker room halftime with a lead. This is tough because Idaho's sitting at 15, and if they do lose, they'll slide way up that list. But I know Jason Eck will be ready. I just think this is kind of... A live dog scenario with Eastern Washington. I don't know how you feel, Kev.
0: Well, look, the Eagles are dangerous. There's no doubt about that. They can roll out of bed and put up 60 on you. They just haven't done it very often this year. I think Idaho, recipe for victory for them, run the ball, play defense, and don't give Eastern Washington short fields. Make them drive the length of the field and make them make a mistake. The Kibby Dome should be rocking in this one. Cal Poly is at number 16, Montana we've had some talks about
1: cal poly and how they're somewhat dangerous but montana's lost three in a row they have to get this one done they're being laughed at right now they thought they were contenders they all slide all the way up there to number 16 but i don't know i don't feel too confident i just know that this is a necessary win on their schedule they gotta get this one done and i think they do i don't think they struggled that much it's just warns me. I mean, there's just a lot going on with this Montana team right now. Quarterback position, there's so many question marks. Hopefully they can get out of here.
0: Well, look, it's a 6 p.m. kickoff, and there'll be plenty of time for my fellow Grizz fans at our tailgate to get all lubed up before a 6 p.m. kickoff. It'll be loud, and the Grizz are at home, and Cal Poly's not any good. Bad, bad situation for the Mustangs. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Stone Cold QBs is coming up. Next, we'll be right back.
3: Hi there, this is Flash from Bikers Against Bullies USA. And we are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. The very real fact is that kids are kids, and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. I personally ask you to stand up, support us, and by doing so, you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at BikersAgainstBulliesUSA.com or Facebook, USA.
0: Pines Pub in Las Vegas, Nevada. Whether you're looking for a cold drink on a hot day or a place to try out that hot hand when you're feeling lucky, Torrey Pines Pub has what you're looking for. Torrey Pines Pub caters to sports fans and hosts Montana Grizzlies games every football season. Not only are you going to find a Grizz on TV, but if you ask them, they'll put on whatever FCS game you want. So when you're in Las Vegas, make your way to the corner of Torrey Pines and Lake Mead Boulevard to the Torrey Pines Pub and tell them FCS Nation sent you. TorreyPinesPub.com.
3: I'm DJ Coulter from Fargo, North Dakota. Welcome to American Family Insurance. I understand that choosing the proper insurance protection can be overwhelming. That's why it's so important to find someone you can rely on for trusted advice. As your American Family Insurance agent, I'll work hard to earn your trust, and I look forward to helping you find the right insurance solutions for years to come
0: area code 701-235-6641 or better than that drop by and see dj at american family insurance at 4215 31st avenue south suite b in fargo north dakota djcoulter.com
3: are you ready for new windows renewal by anderson's windows are the best you can get and their awesome black friday event is backed by popular demand This is an incredible offer, and you don't have to get up early or stand in line. You don't even have to wait until Black Friday. You can book your estimate right now. Listen to this. Renewal by Anderson is giving 20% off every window, and depending on how many windows you get, you'll receive a Visa gift card for up to $1,500. Imagine getting awesome new Renewal by Anderson windows and a lot of spending cash for Christmas. It's fantastic. The financing offer is so great. No money down, no interest or payments for 18 months. Think about that. You get your new windows now, and you don't even have to make a payment until 2024. Wow. It's a very limited time offer, though. It starts on Black Friday, November 25th. It runs through December 9th. Please do not wait to book your free estimate right now. Just go to rbamontana.com. That's rbamontana.com to set up your free estimate. Renewal by Anderson. Make a great investment this Black Friday.
1: Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. I'm your host, Stone Labanowitz, of the Stone Cold Quarterback segment. Each and every week, I go around the country looking for some of the top performers of the week, and maybe he didn't do it statistically, but he's a damn good leader of this William & Mary tribe team. The signal caller, Darius Wilson. Darius, thanks for taking some time out of your day and joining FCS Nation, your first time.
4: Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Darius, you got these guys rolling right now. You're only a sophomore. You guys are off to a 7-1 and one start, looking for your fifth win in a row. You know, When you came into the season, what were some of the goals and what were some of the messages Coach was preaching, and personally, your goals as well?
4: Um, So, basically, as a team, we wanted to go 1-0 one one every week, and just, like, we wanted to finish this year because last year we were... Basically, nearly in the same spot we are in, we are in now. We were six and two last year at this point, and so now basically the message for us is to finish because we didn't do that last year. We lost our last three games. We finished six and five, so the message was basically at the beginning of the year. We know we're gonna win. We're gonna win some games. So we just to finish and keep up our effort and our intensity throughout the course of the year. And then me personally, I just wanted to get better from um, from what I was last year because like I thought I played okay, but like you know you always feel like there's something that you can better. You oh yeah. can Always do better. And I definitely felt that way. I know there was a lot I could get better at, and uh, I think I've proven that I've gotten a lot better in, in most areas, and I still want to get even better.
1: Absolutely. Hey, and it's with that 1-0 that and o mentality you talked about. I can tell that's the kind of the vibe you play with and everything. Super militaristic, super disciplined, not really turning the ball over, putting it in harm's way. So I want to talk about Rhode Island last week, a nail-biter. Mm-hmm. But I played quarterback myself, so I want to let the people in on a quarterback's mindset. You guys go up yeah. 7 they end up going, driving the field, scoring, and elect to go for two. What are you feeling in that moment when they're going for two? Like, take me through the thoughts.
4: I mean, like, in those situations, like, at the end of the game, like, you're almost more nervous being on the sideline than you are for, in those situations than being on the actual field. Because, like, in that, on the field, like, you're in control of what happens. But when you're on the sideline, there's nothing you can do but watch. So, like, it was more it was more about having faith in our defense, which we did because our defense is lights out always. So I, there was no doubt in my mind that we had uh, we had
1: it in the bag. Darius, you only had nine completions on 13 attempts for 132 yards. Didn't even throw a touchdown. And I know what that feels like because you guys were getting it done on the ground. So yeah. when you're jogging out in the field and you do have control, like you said, and you definitely do with this offense, you're very vocal. You're out there kind of pointing guys around. I feel like it's one of your strengths breaking down some of your film. But how does that feel in a game? Like, are you weary that, hey, we're running the ball really well? And as an offensive coordinator, Christian Taylor, like, that's something you guys are talking about. Like, hey, Darius, we're going to keep it on the ground, keep doing what we're doing. We look fine right now. Are you okay with kind of passing the torch to the running backs and the guys in the backfield besides you?
4: Yeah, like that's definitely the strength of our offense right now is running the ball. And like, there's no, I have no problem with that because at the end, they were winning, which is at the, the most important thing. And so if, if we're running for like seven or eight yards to carry, or whatever we were doing, then I have no problem doing that. It's really whatever it takes to win. And it's I like watching on watching us run, but like we know as like the receivers, we know, and me, we I know that whenever the team's going to call on us, that we're going to perform and like do what we need to do.
1: Respect, I love it. I love to hear it. Sometimes I would get a little mad, right, Coach? I've only had thirteen attempts, but it's all about catching the dub, Darius. You got these guys off to the best start since two thousand nine. Who can you really credit that to besides yourself? Who's been a bright spot on the squad? Whether it's the guys up front. The fat boys, whether it's the defense, like really who's kinda like, damn, like these guys are carrying us to dubs all season long, besides you.
4: Yeah, I definitely say the online for sure, because that, that's really like the the main contributors for our offense. Really? They those guys like those guys are blocking their their butts off the entire time, the entire game. Every team knows we're gonna run it. The defense knows we're running. I know we're gonna run it. The coaches <laughs> know we're gonna run it. And they they have they have yet to stop us from running the ball. And that's probably what we're going to continue to do for the rest of the season. So I say it's really it's really thanks to them. It's
1: really the big boys up front. Do you feed them well? Do you guys go out to offensive line and QB dinner on some of these? I haven't,
4: I haven't taken them out yet, but I do plan to.
1: They deserve it. They deserve it. You guys run the hell out of the ball. And you're really, really disciplined. Like I said, don't put the ball in harm's way. And for that, I respect it, man. What you're able to do with your legs is also really important. Darius, I wanted to ask you who your model is your game after. I know it's a super cliche and basic question, but. You got some style out there. Is there somebody who you're like watching growing up, watching as you get older and older, and you're like, I kind of play like this dude?
4: Uh, I guess you could say like, I guess somebody, I'd say either like Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson, somewhere around there. Like he can run, but like he's not really looking to run. Like he's looking more to extend the play than actually run. Yeah, I'd say them, like they can throw, they're athletic, but like they're just smart back there. They're making the correct decisions.
1: There it is. Solid answer. This is exactly what I expected as well. So shouts to you. So, listen, I teased you. I wanted to kind of get a a, a glimpse of what the message was, what your coach was preaching and everything. And I asked you kind of what was the message he was preaching, and you kind of gave me a coach's answer. So, (laughs) And that, like I said, I was testing the water. So give me like an inside scoop offensively. What are you guys talking to yourself? Exclude the coaches for a second. Like what is one thing you guys know you do really well? I played the game, man. I understand sometimes. You don't want to listen to what the coaches are saying. Sometimes mm-hmm. you feel like they're giving you the classic stuff. What's some, like, yeah. inside-the-huddle stuff that you and your boys bounce back and forth off of each other, whether it's receivers, the running backs, or, like I said, the big boys up front? What's something that you guys know you do really well and you say, hey, let's go do this?
4: Yeah, like, I, I like any of our receivers on one-on-one. On, on one on one. So, like, when we come to the sideline, like, we'll talk to Coach Taylor, who's our offensive coordinator, and are like, yeah. We like, our, we like uh, let's say, Kalen. we like Drayshon, or we like JT, or we like T-Rose, like one-on-one against this corner. And so we'll talk about, like, getting the matchup there. And, like, when we do throw the ball, like, getting those one-on-one matchups against, like, a corner and taking advantage of that.
1: I love that because you're only a sophomore, right? A lot of coaches don't even give you the keys to the offense or the reins of the offense, but the way they trust you, the way they talk in their after the week press conferences and stuff like that, man, it's super, super good. Hey, listen, try to avoid the coach's answer one more time because... Which game is circled when it comes to what you got left? Hampton, I expect you guys to win. You're not allowed to say it, right? You're supposed to take it one game at a time. Nova, <laughs> I expect you guys to win. Again, you're not allowed to say that. Supposed to take it one at a time. Is Richmond the game that you guys are like, hey, we gotta finish the season off strong? I know these spiders are looming.
4: Yeah, Richmond, that's a game we lost last year. That was our last yep. game last year as well. So there's definitely a game we that's definitely a game I want back personally for me, because I didn't feel like I played my best game last year. So like when we get to that game, I'll definitely be looking forward to it. I'll be pumped up. I'll be ready to. So, like give it my best.
1: There's a little inside scoop right there, folks. I finally pulled it out of Darius. He said he's got a little extra motivation for the Richmond Spiders. Hey, we'll be looking out for that, Darius. Appreciate your time. I got one more for you, Hampton. What are we expecting from D dubs this weekend? One o'clock.
4: Oh, uh, uh, first of all, a win for sure. <laughs> yeah. And then hopefully we'll get we'll get get a passing touchdown this week. That'll be great. Yes, sir. That, that'll be great. And then. A lot of yards as well. But we'll see. Definitely a lot of running. So, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Anything's possible.
1: Anything is possible. Darius Wilson, folks, signal caller for the William and Mary tribe. He's got these boys off to the best start since 2009. They're seven and one looking for their fifth dub in a row. Darius will be watching here in FCS Nation. A lot of people listen to the Stone Cold quarterback segment. I've had a chance to sit down with a bunch of cues from around the country. To be honest, none as energetic as you, or none as fluent as you. So, so shouts to you. We'll be we'll be looking out for you. You're only a sophomore. Big respect, Darius. Appreciate you for your time. Thanks for joining. Like I mentioned.
4: Yep. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Networks. Now time for my favorite time of the week. Stone Labanowitz and I will butt face masks and pick the biggest games taking place this week in FCS Nation. Up first, number one, South Dakota State is at Northern Iowa. South Dakota State's
1: going to jump out to an early lead. Make everybody change the channel, but what is you and I going to do? Make us sweat. Make it close towards the end of the game, but still the Jackrabbits will prevail. 35-27.
0: Huge opportunity for Northern Iowa in this one. Panthers QB Theo Day needs to have a huge day for them to have a chance. Only problem is the Jackrabbits' defense going to suit up, too, and they're among the best in the country. No worry about an upset here. Take number one, South Dakota State on the road over Northern Iowa, 28-17. Number two, Sacramento State is at number five, Weber State. Again,
1: another banger of a matchup, Kev. Give me the Hornets 42-35 in what is a really good game.
0: FCS game of the year vibes in this one. The Hornets have had a lot of doubters, and they proved them wrong over and over and over again. I was one of those doubters, but I'm done with that. Take Sac State the win their ninth straight on the road and 17th straight Big Sky Conference game. Hornets, 31. Wildcats, 30. Number three, Montana State is at Northern Arizona. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy.
1: Montana State, 28 northern arizona 17
0: bobcats have had some slow starts i expect them to remedy that this week don't expect them to do a whole bunch show a whole bunch i think they can line up run the ball and run northern arizona out of their own building i think that's exactly what happens take montana state on the road over nau 42 20 number four north dakota state is at western illinois
1: The Bison are going to roll here. They're going to keep the ball on the ground, keep it somewhat low scoring. I got the Bison coming out of this one,
0: 27-10. Way too much up front on both sides of the ball for the Bison, for the Leathernecks to have any chance to keep this one close. Cam Miller continues his good play, and the Bison ground game, choose them up. Take NDSU over Western Illinois, 28-7. Lehigh is at number 6, Holy Cross. I want to see Holy Cross
1: keep putting up the amount of points they did last week so for that, I'm going to pick them high, and hopefully I
0: bring them the good vibes. They're going to come out of this one on top, of course, 48-7. to seven. Lehigh is 1-7, although they did play a pretty good three quarters against Fordham. You know, that was several weeks ago. Doesn't matter a whole bunch. The Crusaders will score early and often, and at home will win 42-13 over Lehigh. Houston Christian is at number seven, Incarnate Word. Going with the old copy
1: paste here. Same score line as Holy Cross and Lehigh, 48 7. Hoping I get close to either one of them so I can come on the show next week and flex it a little bit, Kev.
0: Houston Christian and Incarnate Word. Uh, This is going to be the Lindsey Scott Jr. show. I think they'll continue to roll as Houston Christian is just going to have no answer for that high powered Cardinals offense. The word this week is blowout. Take Incarnate Word 52 13. Number eight, William and Mary, is at Hampton?
1: Darius Wilson, show me, brother, what you got. Hampton's got nothing for you. I want to see some more air yards. I want to see you get more prolific, more stylish out there. I think they win this one in a route, going 35-7 to over Hampton.
0: Tribe have won in a lot of different ways this season, but the one constant has been running that football. They'll continue to do that. They'll hit a couple of big plays off a play action, and they'll route Hampton on the road. Tribe, 31. Hampton, 13. Number nine, Jackson State is at Texas Southern.
1: Jackson State is swack. Deion is swack. 55-21 over Texas Southern. Shador did it with his legs last week. I want to see him get back to what he does best, and that's air that thing out. 55-21, like I said.
0: Texas Southern isn't a bad team, and I expect they'll hang around for a while in this game, but in the end, Jackson State's just too good to lose here. Take Jackson State to win this battle of the Tigers, over Texas Southern, 34 13. VMI is at number 10, Sanford.
1: Too fast, too quick for the military squad. Got Sanford coming out of this one, 31 13. We're talking about a top 10 team here, Kev.
0: In the past, Sanford would drop a game like this and it would really hurt them come playoff time. This is a different Sanford squad. Too much offense for the key debts in this one for them to keep up. Take Sanford over VMI, 38 20. Number 11, Chattanooga is at the Citadel.
1: Oh, boy. Where do I go here? I'm going with Chattanooga, 42 to 10 over El Cid.
0: Mox lost to the Citadel last season, and it ruined their postseason hopes. They haven't forgotten that. Citadel is a mess on offense, and Chattanooga will roll in Charleston at the General over the Citadel, 31 to 10, and I'll cry in my beer. Number 17, New Hampshire is at number 14, Richmond.
1: <laughs> I've never heard of that one yet, Kev. Cry in the beer, I love that. I'm gonna start using that one. It just, well, it just makes game, it. Though, it just
0: makes it a, just a little bit saltier. And everybody <laughs> and everybody who knows me knows I'm one salty little thing. <laughs> I love it. Hey,
1: I said I like New Hampshire. I'm sticking by it. Upset special of the week. Down go the spiders. Twenty-eight to twenty-seven.
0: Not me, sir. These teams come in with identical six and two records. Richmond's played the tougher slate so far, and it'll show. Spiders quarterback, Reese Shedensky, and his receiving core make enough plays. And the Richmond defense does just enough to win at home over New Hampshire. Take Richmond, 28-17. Eastern Washington is at number 15, Idaho. Rolling with the dogs
1: again. I like another upset here. Sorry, Jason Eck. I'm a huge fan. But this is a tough spot for you guys. Eastern Washington with nothing to play for. Hashtag nothing to lose. 38-35 in what is a heartbreaker for the Vandals.
0: I mean, Stone's picking upsets like he owes the bookie a whole bunch of money, y'all. But uh, I, I expect some points in this one. The Eagles are dangerous, and the Vandals know it. Idaho cannot let Sacramento State beat them twice by not playing well in this one. They won't. Take Idaho at home, 38-28. to Cal Poly is at number 16, Montana. Here go the Grizz in the biggest get-right spot, the biggest get
1: Back into its spot there is all season long. I like them winning big here, 48-14 over Cal Poly.
0: Cal Poly rolling into Missoula for a night game is just what the Grizz needed after who Montana's had to play on the road lately. The Grizz will handle Cal Poly in Missoula easily. Grizz 42, Mustang 17. That brings us to the end of another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. FCS Nation is produced by Mr. Stone Lebanowitz, co-hosted by Mr. Stone Lebanowitz, and the marketing director for FCS Nation is Ms. Stacy Marshall. I'm executive producer and host Kevin Marshall, thanking you for making FCS Nation a small part of your football week. And like I always do, y'all, I'd like to remind you that life's a lot like football. You play by the rules and the penalties won't kill you. Until next week, so long, everybody.